Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Anybody brave enough to admit that they were uh, Dirty Harry uh, fans in the, back in the 70s? <laughs> you know, sometimes that might be hard to admit in church that we watched Dirty Harry movies and enjoyed them. I think it was Magnum Force. I think, you know, at the, near the end of the movie, Clint Eastwood, as Detective Callahan, says these immortal words, which he must have been prophetic in knowing what we were talking about uh, during his sermon series. He says, a man has got to know his limitations. A man has got to know his limitations. And I don't know if he had a prophetic understanding of what we were going to be talking about, but I thought it was interesting, Detective Callahan had understanding that we all have, we all have limitations, and it's really good to know them. We have, in this room, there are varying amounts of physical limitations. There are mental limitations. Our mental capacity are limited. We can only think and remember and, 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 and conceive of so much. The human brain is amazing, but it's, it's limited. And some of us are more limited than others. I understand this. You know. <laughs> you know, human beings are living longer and longer on this planet, but we, there's, there's a limit to that lifespan. And I think one of the worst limitations that any human being can have is a limited sense of humor. The problem with limitations is that I think they sometimes lead us to unhealthy or unrealistic choices or decisions. Because when we start to know our limitations, sometimes they cross over to this thing when we, all we see in our lives is lack. I lack this. I don't have this. I would love to have this. And all we concentrate on are the things that we lack. And so these limitations that are in our life because of many multiple reasons, we start to get a narrow view of, of what we are actually have in our life. And then we start to look at God in the same way. And so we start to have a limited view of God. We try to we never we, we try to put God in this box, and, and thankfully the Word of God tells us that God is unboxable, that we can't box God in, no matter how we try. But we try, don't we? Because of our limitations, what we perceive as lack, we start to determine what God can and cannot do. Anybody want to be brave enough to raise their hands for that one too? Right. Thankfully, again, the word tells us that we serve an unlimited God who's unlimited in his compassion, unlimited in his, his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his forgiveness. And, and this really big one, he is unlimited in his godliness, his holiness, his righteousness, which we need him to be for our own sake, for our own sake. And so... We, 
We have on one side we have this collection of, of our own limitations and our own lacks, and and sometimes we we portray that thing onto God and we say, okay, God can do this, and or God can't do that, and we need to realize our own limitations in the light of that His kingdom supply does not depend on our resources, what we have or what we don't have. It depends on who He is. And what is at his disposal. What he has in his vast storehouse of riches. So, well, it might be good to know our limitations. A son or daughter has to know the God they worship has no limitations. Psalm 147, verses 4 to 5 says, He determines the number of stars, and he calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Scientists estimate that in our galaxy alone, in the Milky Way galaxy, there are 10 billion stars just in the Milky Way. God has called each and every one of them by name. Now multiply that by all the galaxy in the universes. If you could do that math, I can't. How many stars there are in the universe. And God has a name for each and every star. Now God cares so much about, remember we talked a couple of weeks about the, the grains of sand. All the grains of the sands of the, of the, and that he knows the number of every grain of sand. He knows how each uh, part of, of that grain, where it came from, what rock it came from. He knows the whole history. It's the same thing about stars because he made them. So if he, if he has this great care for this, this inventory of stars and sand, and how much more does he care about us? who he has called us by name. Scientists have also estimated that there have been 100 billion people that have lived on the face of the planet. 100 billion people. That's a lot of souls. That's a lot of people. Right now, there's almost 8 billion people alive on this rock that we call Earth. 8 billion people. That's a lot of people. God cares about people. And so you're one of those 8 billion people this morning. You are one of those numbers. You might be 4,322. But you are not a number to God. You're Roger. You're Jenny. You're John. You are a name. God has purposely named you you are in his inventory, and he cares so much about you. Every part of your story, your future story, your past story, where you are now story. And he wants us to know that he knows what we're made of and what we need. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply, remember what we, we said what this word was? Supply meant to cram in, to level up. The whole idea was that something that we were, didn't have enough of, that God was going to level it up. He was going to cram it in to level it up. So he was going to supply. He's going to cram in. He's going to give us every 
thing. He says, every need of yours, every need of yours, everybody say every need. Every need of yours according to what? His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is a God who's very into details. So I want to talk about some of his resources and what he's unlimited in. And I need, I need the theme music for that, so thank you very much. <laughs> I prefer a little bit more rock, but, you know, I'll take that. That'll be okay. All right, so God has no power limitations. Uh, he has unlimited power. So whatever is a spiritual power, a physical power, an emotional power, a financial power, political, social, relational, or mental, as, as a son and daughter of the Most High God, we don't have to worry about what kind of power we need. God will supply what we need. According to what? His riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. All right, so God has no, this is the one I like. God has no time limitation. God has unlimited control of time. God exists out of time. God created time. God is all over time. Right? Right? He's all over it. He, you know, he, he, he made time. So here's the beauty of it. God works in the past. God works in the future. And he works in our now. So here's the beauty thing about God since he has control of time. He can reach into our past and heal something so that we can walk more free now. He can go into the future and prepare something for us. Then come back and work with us in our now so that we can be ready for what comes in the future. So that means there's nothing in your past, there's nothing in your future, there's nothing in you now that keeps you from being used by God. No no limitation in your past, no limitation in your present, no limitation in your future that can stop what God has decided to make of you. I don't know about you. I like that. All right, so now God has no people limitation. He has, he has unlimited purpose for people. And he can use anybody and he can use anything. Remember the donkey that talks sense, sense into Balaam? And he can use anything. But he loves using people. And he'll even use people that, were, that are hostile to the gospel message. Saul of Tarsus, before he became Paul. Persecuted the church. Got people arrested. Got people killed. And because of the persecution, helped spread the gospel because everybody dispersed and went to different places. Then God gets a hold of his heart, changes his heart, renames him to Paul, and he goes and spreads the, the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. There isn't any excuse that we can give God for him not to use us. God is, in, is unlimited in his purpose for mankind. I, that's beautiful that God would do that. There's no excuse for God not to use you. So God has unlimited resources. There's no, no limit to what he can provide. He has no lack in wealth. He has no lack in materials, in supplies, finances, capital, education, or real estate. He has no lack in it. If he needs to support and provide for his people, he will. He has limitless inventory, and he knows what is in that inventory. He knows his inventory and he knows where it is in order to purpose it for you. There is nothing that God has that he will not give to his sons and daughters 
to help them help them live for him. Every good and perfect gift is from God. Second Peter one three says this His divine power has granted to us all things. Say all things. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We don't walk into the throne room of God with a menu or with an inventory, uh, inventory list or to choose from column A or column B because we think that God can't provide for us. So we're only going to go and pick and choose because maybe God will do that. We don't walk into the throne room that way because he just said we can have what? All things. He has granted us all things and the, and the Greek actually means all things. You know, everything that is at God's disposal, he, he, all these unlimited resources that he has, he's already granted us. He's already given these things to us. They're already in our possession. Remember that whole word about release? Sometimes we've got to release these things in our life. And releasing by believing that God has already given us these things to use. See, sometimes we're looking for a target to hit, and we don't think we have arrows. But we've been given all things that lead to life and godliness. It's already in us. It's already for us. It has already been provided for us. We just have to release it in our lives. Now, Peter's talking about the here and now, not just the future in the Scripture. That's why he uses the word godliness. What do we need right now? In a world that's falling apart at the seams, what do we need? I say this at a lot of men events because this gets brought up a lot, a lot about toxic masculinity. It's a, it's a myth, by the way, because uh, men and women can be toxic, not just, not just men. So I, I like to dispel that myth as much as I can. But here's the point. When I talk about it, I say, you know, men don't actually need to be more masculine. They need to be more godly. You know, I say, you know, because there, there's, there's an upswell, okay, there's toxic masculinity, so what we need to, uh, to do then is be more masculine the way that God wants us to be. And that's true, but that's not the complete picture. What we need to be is more godly. Godliness gets rid of toxicity in our lives. So Peter's saying, you know, everything, everything that we need to live less toxic lives has already been given to us. Because we've been given all things, all things, everything, everything that we need. So this is talking about our here and now, not just, uh, not just in the future, because our eternal life affects who we are now. And God, this is a life that honors God. It's an obedient life. It's a serving life. It's a sacrificial life. It's a life that really is in love with God. That's really what it is. But here's where I think we get stuck. Often, as Christians, we get stuck about living life after death. And I think we need to start living now, before death. Say we're, we know someday we're going to live forever. We have this concept. We're, you know, we get, and praise God that we do. But that's kind of where we, we kind of hang out. You know, someday all these benefits are going to be mine. And God wants us to live life before death. We don't do enough of that. The enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and more abundantly. We don't live enough before death. And God is trying to get us to live a lot more. The heavenlies are promised to us, but the power 
the freedom and all the things that are uh, waiting for us on the other side are also available to walk in now. The only difference between the two is time that none of us have a control over. Someday we'll walk in the fullness of that, but right now we can still walk in it because that, that scripture just said we can. So what we have to discover about ourselves is why am I not walking in all things? What things do I need to release to let go of so I can get out of that confinement, so I can get out of that prison, so I can get out of that captivity and walk in all things? What is it? What is it? It's a great question question to, to ask of God. If you go to Ephesians 1, this is a great chapter on so many levels. I want to start in verse 3. Oh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. The word every in the Greek means all or any. The word spiritual means a divine influence that regenerates us. Now, blessing is a, it's a benefit that is applied because of it. It's a blessing. It's a benefit that's applied. But it's also a benefit that leads to worship. So every spiritual blessing could be said. It's a divine influence that regenerates us. It's a blessing that gets applied to us. But this benefit makes us want to worship. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That sounds a lot like all things, doesn't it? So God really means what he says. God is really trying to get this point home to us that every spiritual blessing has been given to us in Jesus Christ. So the Jewish believers at this time, when they heard that phrase, every spiritual blessing, they understood this a lot better than I think we do because of their of their tradition and their connectionship. God, in the Jewish tradition, God would always connect the past with where they are now to the future. They always had a, it was always like one consistent timeline to them. And we, we always, we either live in the past or we long for the future and we hardly ever live for the now. So when they understood every spiritual blessing, they knew that God was talking to them about a blessing that was long-lasting, that it wasn't temporary, that it didn't end, that it was true for their past and that the spiritual blessing was for their now and it also was for their future. So it was, it was just connected all three points of human existence, our past, our now, and our future. They understood this. So this is a... Something to wrap our heads around. I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but this is the way I put it. Spiritual blessings are every blessing that comes from a close abiding relationship with Jesus. Which means that we can always expect God's best for us. We can always expect it. No matter what we're walking through, no matter the difficulty or the hardship or the circumstance, we can always expect God's best for us. So what God promises for eternity has purposes for right now. Every spiritual blessing affects every physical area of our life, every 
relational part, every emotional part, every spiritual part. Yeah, this is the way relationship with God is supposed to be. That, of course, I walk in every spiritual blessing because I'm walking with God. How could I not be blessed? See that? See that? This is what this verse is kind of talking about. So I have like 18 or, or I think it's 18 or 17 spiritual blessings to go through. And we're not going to get through those. But I want to touch on a couple of them. And the first one is in verse 4. This is the blessing of being chosen. Even as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. I love the word chosen. The word means personally picked. It, it means that I saw someone and I, and I claimed that person as my own. That's what this Greek word chosen means. It's so personal. It's, it's intentional in, the, in, in its uh, application. So God has chosen us. What a spiritual blessing that is. Can you imagine this? Before God said, let there be light, he had already chosen you. Before anything was created, before time was created, before the universe was created, before anything was created, God had already chosen you. I find that to be extremely humbling, but also how loving and kind of God that he would do that. John fifteen sixteen kind of echoes this. It says, you, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This blessing produces fruit that aligns our prayers with his will. And that assures us a connection to his heart. So the first blessing is the blessing of being chosen. Blessing of being chosen. Okay. In the same verse, it's also the blessing of being holy and blameless. Now this may be this might surprise you that you were not and I was not chosen on our ability to be holy and blameless. It was we were chosen because of his love. Because of his great love to be holy and blameless. Now that word blameless has to do with a sacrifice. That's placed on the altar. altar, Something that's been set apart. Something that's been ordained for God's use. To honor Him. There's purpose in this. And it's the purpose of God to, to make us holy and blameless for His glory. And for our benefit. It's a blessing to not walk in sin anymore. To not be controlled by sin anymore. Not to be seen in sin anymore. But to be seen by a holy God. To be holy and blameless before him. That is a blessing that there's just not enough words for. Philippians 2.15 says that you might be blameless and innocent. Children of a God. Without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Guess what we're holy and blameless for. We live in a very dark world. And we need to shine the love of Christ. This is the purpose in all this. We are holy and blameless for our own personal sake. Because God wanted to redeem us. But the added purpose is that there is a dark world out there that needs to see the same truth that we received. The same blessing of being in his family. I decided to get one more in here. 
It's the blessing of love. The blessing of love. In Christ, we walk in God's agape love, His unconditional love. God's love is the type of love that reaches down into our life, picks us up, stands us up, dusts us off, and gets us going in the right kind of direction. That's, it's a purposeful love. It's a love that redeems, that transforms, that conforms us to the image of Christ. And this is the kind of love that we have been blessed with. It's the kind of love that we want to shine to the rest of the world. First John four sixteen, And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. Do you remember the first time you were aware of this kind of love? The very first time where it, it just hit you like a ton of bricks that you knew that God was real and this God loved you. Do you remember that time? The first time you, you, you were so moved by God that you had to accept Him as Lord and Savior? If you don't remember that, that moment, ask God to stir those memories. Because if we want release in our lives, I believe we have to, to rediscover that love over and over and over again in our lives so that we never lose sight of that moment. And I'm not talking about remembering the day, the hour. I'm talking about remembering the moment when you knew you were loved by God. And it changed how you walked. changed how you lived your life. It changed how you saw not just God but yourself and how it changed the way that you looked at people in your life. How it changed every aspect of, your, of, of the way you think, the way you act, and the way you move through this planet. That's the kind of love I want to remember every day. The love that absolutely turned my life upside down for the better. This is a spiritual blessing to know this kind of love.